What's up, bikers? Welcome to episode 173. Today's guest, Evan's MTV Saga. And holy cow, man, it's been a while since we talked to this guy. I forget what the episode number was. It was like 107 or something. It was it was a while ago. And at the time, he was at 20,000 subscribers. And now, pretty sure that dude's got the plaque. And um, I'm a little jealous. But anyways, lots of things have changed for him. And we'll, we'll catch up with him in a minute. So before we get started, first of all, thank you to everybody that signed up for the, the memberships on YouTube lately. It really means a lot. You guys are honestly supporting the channel. And um, as I've said a million times, uh, the dump truck load of money doesn't show up with uh, the current state of affairs in the uh, the biker empire. So it's 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 a meaning. It's 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 not much coming in there. I think last week on YouTube, it said you made twenty five dollars. So that that was probably worth it. Um, <laughs> anyways. If uh, if you're thinking about joining and you're watching on online, just hit the little join button down below. Otherwise, just subscribe. And those of you that are listening on podcasts, do a review wherever you listen at. Um, I haven't seen a new one on the Apple Podcast in a while. Those are always fun to check out. So maybe give me something something exciting to check out. I've been doing this show weekly on the other other channel called Backpedal, and uh, it's talking about what I like this current weight loss journey that I'm on. And um, it's been super fun. So you can catch that over there. What was I going to say? It had something to do with this. Uh, whatever. I'm not good at this broadcasting thing. Anyways, one last thing I want to say, and this is going to be a little bit of a downer, and then I swear we'll get into the show and, and be stoked about it. But um, a friend of mine who's been on the show before, his name is Derek. He runs a company called Dialed Health. Um, he was on a, on a road ride and, uh, out about doing his thing and somebody hit him at a very high rate of speed and then basically just left him on the side of the road to, um, to potentially die. And, uh, that really sucks. And because of that, um, obviously, you know, the authorities are involved and they're trying to fight, figure that out, but he's been in multiple surgeries. He's got all kinds of injuries. Fortunately, no, like spinal uh, trauma or no head trauma. So it's all things that should be able to be fixed with time. And, uh, fortunately he's in really, really good shape. So, um, the, the long story short here is that first of all, if you're out driving, like give people, give people plenty of room. It, it's not worth like changing somebody's life. That's a father or a daughter, or a, uh, uh, um, a son, you know, and whatever you want to say, you get what I'm saying there. But we also have set up a, um, a support fund for him through one of the local nonprofits here. And so they put a page up on their website that a hundred percent of the donations are going to him and his family to help them like get through this a little financially. And, um, if you're feeling inclined to donate, hit the link, it's in show more or, on the podcast it'll be down there in the show notes and go over there and drop something off if you don't want to do that um super bowl sunday if you're here in norcal we're going to have a group ride it's posted on my instagram and my facebook and there will be some raffle prizes and all kinds of stuff that we're doing to help raise money for derek and his family so do me a favor and um either share those posts on instagram and facebook or donate if you can or show up for the ride and uh, we'll all do some high fives and, and spin some wheels and, and uh, have a good time. So let me go ahead and bring Evan on and we'll get started. So 
Oh God, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Dude, it's been forever since we talked. Yeah, I, I thought it was um, just short of two years, but I checked it was January 9th, 2022. Oh my God. We're like, we're, yeah. we're like clockwork almost two years later. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Dude, so much has changed. Dude, I'm I'm glad you had me on because uh man, there a ton has changed. Like it changes so fast too, and you don't even really realize it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were in a different state the last time we were talking. Yeah, dude. Can you believe I freaking just up and moved to Bentonville? What what was the reason for that? Was it like was it in conjunction with at the time I think you were quitting your job as well? Or was it just like I think it it looks better there for my family? Oh man, it was just like, it was, it's hard to explain. Like my wife and I just kind of had this, like this thing where it's almost like we just like went and then just did it, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> like, uh, I was, I was getting close. So I had a goal if I could make on uh, YouTube AdSense, if I could make 4,000 a month, then I would mm -hmm. quit my nursing job. And uh -huh. I was, I was getting there and that's just AdSense. Like that's not just ads for, you know, like the one minute ad reads or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was getting close and another baby was coming. Uh, he was born on August 9th. So mm -hmm. it was like two, three weeks before the baby was coming. I was going on paternity leave for like a week or two. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, Ashley, do you want to move? And she's like, yeah, what do you, what do you think about, uh, Arkansas? And I was like, oh, well, let me recommend a little town I've heard of before. So it, in like three or four days after that, I flew to Bentonville. Um, it was just like a 24 hour trip. I stayed overnight, rode some trails, and then I checked out some houses with a realtor. But the way it worked out is the housing market in Phoenix rose so rapidly it was like the number one growing real estate market in the nation so uh -huh. my house value there rocketed up well arkansas uh is still a lot lower mm -hmm. you know benville is is higher than most of arkansas because it's kind of you know prissy and fancy yeah. over here it's the bougie city in arkansas right oh yeah definitely <laughs> um so yeah it just made sense i had a lot of you know equity in my house uh, I could sell that, have a little bit of a financial cushion and just go full time on YouTube. And at the same time, thinking about like kids and stuff, I don't know, Phoenix is, it's okay, but it is such a big city. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, you just kind of feel like an ant in a colony and, mm -hmm. uh, the schools there aren't, aren't so great. And I don't know, just didn't really have like a homey vibe, even though we have family there. Yeah. I don't know, just kind of. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm from Northern California, the country, a little town called Ripon, California, 10,000 people. Uh -huh. So I'm from the country. I, I like, you know, this out here. Yeah. Um, but the schools in Bentonville are like top notch. And mm -hmm. it's funny because people like talk about, oh, yeah, Arkansas is, you know, 49th in the nation for uh, education. But Bentonville mm -hmm. High is like number one in the nation. So it oh, <laughs> yeah. really makes sense. Right, right. That's the way it goes, right? Yeah, I don't know. How'd you end up in Phoenix? Um, I went to nursing school there. So it, I went there um, in 2007 is when I moved to Phoenix. Um, my mom 
was really pushing for me to be a nurse. And um, the wait list for being in, in nursing school was like crazy through community college and like Stockton and Modesto and everything. So mm -hmm. we found this program where it's like an associate's in nursing, 24 months, including prereqs. So just 24 months, boom, you're, you're out of there. The only mm -hmm. problem is it was a private school and it costs a lot of money. It was like 50 grand at the time. I don't know what they're mm -hmm. charging now. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up in Phoenix and then just turned, it happened to be that there was a lot of BMX out there. So, um, I moved back to NorCal, started my nursing career. And then I was like, ah, screw this place. I went back to Phoenix and lived there for like five, <laughs> six years. Yeah. So you weren't doing much mountain biking when you were there? Um, in Phoenix or, yeah, Phoenix. uh, yeah, Phoenix. It, it's cool. So that's the thing about mountain biking is for me, I, um, I don't really like driving to go mountain biking and I, I don't know if I've ever even flown anywhere in like for a mountain bike trip. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I started mountain biking when I had kids and now I have four kids and, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I just don't really like being away. I, I can't afford bringing the whole family to a trip yet. So, mm -hmm. um, whatever's local, it's like, I just, want to maximize the fun on whatever's local um like if you're in, into a uh, gaming there's a thing called min maxing so mm -hmm. um minimal effort maximum result you know so if my local trails are like a six out of ten fun and the the commute there is is close it's like well great but if i have to drive you know in phoenix i had to drive 45 minutes to get to south mountain well i don't know is it gonna be you know, yeah. that much more fun and, and really South mountain it's fun, but it, it was like a seven out of 10 fun, I guess. Maybe, maybe so you were kind of, you were a little bit far away from, were you like down like Maricopa or something like that? Or no, I was a town called Goodyear. So Maricopa is closer to South mountain than, uh, I was at. So yeah, I was just trying to place like where you would be 45 minutes away. So you're, you're like super far East compared to then South mountain probably huh? Yeah, I was west, but yeah, the dude oh, okay. in Maricopa County just sprawls huge yeah, yeah, yeah. for like 150 miles. It's crazy, yeah. dude. And when I moved there in 2007, there was like 1.8 million people in Maricopa County. When I left, there was 4.2 million. Yeah. Just crazy growth, dude. Yeah, I know. My buddy lives down there in like like just south of, of Phoenix. And I, I just remember like, his whole neighborhood of let's just call it track homes were like being bought up by all kinds of like, like Canadians and stuff like that. They'd be like, yeah, we just come down for the winter, like, yeah. like stuff like that. So it was like, it, it was definitely crazy the way that the boom was there, but I feel like weather wise, you're probably in a much better place now that you, you have like more of the year that you can probably actually use than I know in summertime in Phoenix is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The summertime is basically like my off season there, but right. dude, I discovered here in Bentonville, I love winter riding. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I like riding in the winter here more than I do in the summertime. Like, Interesting. I, I don't know. I freaking love it. Even though it's like 32 degrees, it's like, uh -huh. I don't care, man. I I'll just layer up. And what I like most about it is like every ride is super different. So uh -huh. it's either raining, it's snowing, it's muddy, it's sloppy. I love it, dude. <laughs> You're a mess, dude. I do not like being cold. So um, 
that's like i'm such a fair weather rider like when i first started mountain biking back in high school um i i grew up in pennsylvania like I, we would go out in the snow and like all of that you know and i didn't have any problem with it and now i'm like if it's in the 40s i'm debating riding if it gets low 40s i'm like mm, if it's gonna warm up maybe you know but if it's anything in the 30s, I'm like, yeah, forget it. I don't even care. I'm going to go do something else. Where do you live? Auburn, right? Uh, I live in Sacramento. Okay, Sacramento. Okay, so I was pretty close to there. I mean, yeah, the the temperatures don't really drop that much there. I, I do remember 30 was very cold there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's weird. It's like I have some uh, base layers. So sometimes I'll do a heavyweight base layer. Sometimes I'll do a lightweight base layer. Sometimes I'll do both. But um, I'll warm up super fast. So it's just that I have the right gear for it. And yeah, yeah I just start warming up. And all of a sudden, like, I would say some some rides are really cold to start. But 20 minutes in, you're like, whoa, I'm not cold at all. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's nothing limiting right now. So you can, for me, I get in like a flow state, uh, mm -hmm. like super fast. Where in the summertime, it's like, the the sweat dripping down your face it's always reminding you like oh this this is tough yeah i just love it man that's funny i um i think for me that my hands and my feet get cold very easy and i think that's from from years of growing up with like cold weather injuries all the time because i was a kid growing up in the snow and that's what we did every chance we got was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go outside in the snow and have snowball fight with my buddies for like two hours in sneakers, you know? So like, yeah. like the more times that you're, you're like, you put yourself in these like frost nip kind of situations or maybe, you know what I mean? Like the less that, uh, or the more likely that you get those things, like they come a lot easier. And I think for me, that's partially where it comes from. So it's like, I get out and it's, if I don't have like some kind of like heater in my shoes my toes will like instantly be like complete ice cubes, you know? So, so is that the term frost nip? Is that, is that what I you think just... that's like before frostbite. So it's like, okay. it's like the, uh, the precursor before it gets bad. But, um, yeah, just like, I guess what I'm getting at is just, uh, I, for whatever reason, my, my toes very quickly are like a no go in the cold. And then, uh, um, from there it, it's just uh i don't know i i hear you on like on the layers and stuff like that because i mean don't get me wrong there's there's times where i'll make exceptions you know and i'm out there and it's pretty cold but uh it's definitely it, it's just I, I think it's it's like a is it worth the extra pain in the ass to me to like deal with the cold versus doing something else that day you know what i mean yeah yeah, I get it. Uh, I, Especially so, I just built a uh, kind of like a fat bike almost. I put like mm -hmm. three point or three inch tires on. Uh, it was actually twenty six inch wheels with three inch tires on one of my hardtails, and I yeah. took that out in the snow. And uh, it it was a really like Arctic vortex, whatever they call it these days. Yeah. And it was one degree and snowing quite a bit here in Bentonville. So I went with like all the warm weather or the cold weather gear that I had. Um, and I use the gloves, like some insulated Fox gloves. Mm -hmm. Well, first run I drop in and the wind that was going through my gloves into my fingers, I, 
I didn't, I thought I had like frostbite. I didn't know frost yeah. nip was the thing. Like I definitely had some, a little bit of nerve damage yeah. that healed. Like it took like two weeks to heal, but my pinky was completely numb, but it was like on fire. And, yeah. uh, just several weeks after, like it, you could definitely tell the feeling was a little bit gone. Yeah. I've had a few weird. times from skiing too, where I, it took like, a week or so to get the feeling back in my big toe or something like that. So it's yeah. like, I definitely have like pushed the limits way too far, way too many times, but at the end of the day, it is super fun. And, and I can totally understand what, what you're saying. So I, I think the other thing I was going to say too, that makes me feel this way is um, where I live, those opportunities for it to be that cold are not very often. So it's really easy for me to be like, eh, screw it. You know, whereas like if I lived back home still and it was like, okay, I have months of, of this to deal with, then I would definitely be like, all right, I'm gonna figure this out. You, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, what are you, what do you, what kind of, what kind of gear do you like? I know um, Casco has these new cold weather gloves that I, I've worn a few times. I really like them. Well, it's funny. Um, you're mentioning you like your toes and your hands being cold. So I thought like, okay, I'm going to get some like really good cold weather gloves and uh, hand up came to, came to mind. I've never had any of their products and not sponsored or anything, but yeah, yeah. I, they have like a bunch of different lineups of cold weather gloves. So I was like, okay, let's check that out. So I was like, okay, I want this like colder plus or whatever it says, mm -hmm. but it says like disclaimer, if your hands are cold, you need to warm your core. Like we really appreciate you wanting to buy our product, but <laughs> you should warm your core core first and then yeah. see if you need these gloves. So I didn't end up buying their gloves. I just <laughs> <laughs> layered up more. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the, the base layers I use, I, I, I use stuff by, by a uh, fly racing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they, they make like lineups for, um, like snowmobiling that they, they are, mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like snowmobiling basically, yeah. but I really wish that some brands will give you like a temperature rating, but these don't have that, but, yeah. um, yeah, I just layer up like crazy. And, and then I just put on like a uh, motocross pants and a motocross Jersey as my final external layer. Mm -hmm. And then the gloves, like I mentioned the Fox, like thermal, um, mm -hmm. gloves, um, and then sometimes I double up on socks. Now I did do a gravel ride that was four hours the other day and it was 28 degrees Oof. and uh dude i started losing feeling in my my toes like That's gradually tough because you're moving a lot faster like mountain biking you don't get as much airflow except for like when you're going downhill so I i've noticed if i go out on a gravel ride and it's cold my i definitely weigh wear way more clothing than i wear when i'm mountain biking yeah and you're not doing any like obstacles so your mind is just like there in the present like little bubble you know just so thinking about how bad it sucks <laughs> yeah man and i was wearing some uh some shimano shoes right here some kind of older ones but there's like a little window for ventilation and that's what was getting to my pinky toe yeah and it was bad dude i started to go into like survival mode and the worst thing that happened was before my ride i, I told my wife like oh i'm gonna go on the super long ride the longest gravel ride i've ever done She's yeah. like, oh, I have a feeling I'm about to pick you up on this one. Yeah. Like, you know, drive the car and pick me up. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I got to prove her wrong. So, I so was there's like, two things you can get. Um, Like they, they look like 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 toe tip kind of booties. 
and you just put them over the front of that that shoe and then it, it like has a hole in the bottom for your cleat to go through and that'll block a lot of the wind and then the other thing is like what i was talking about earlier they have those little like packs that you just like it, it's uh it just gets hot. Like you open the package and you smash it. Yeah. And then it's like super, super flat though. And it, and you just stick it right in the like oh. toe area of your shoe. And then it's like, it's not even like if you're holding it, it doesn't feel hot, but it's enough heat that inside of your shoe, it's like, Ooh, it's kind of, how long does it last? They, they last for a couple of hours. If I remember correctly. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. I have to, man, somebody, Dang. somebody in the chat, look it up on Amazon for a link in there or something. Um, wow <laughs> yeah i used to buy them by the box and i would just buy a box and then use them whenever especially whenever i'm doing like because i used to um commute to work and back like pretty much all year on my bike and in the winter i would use those and just like because otherwise my toes would just be like screw you man that's but cool. i think I um about that. that's cool you were talking about shirts with ratings too i have an Under Armour shirt that um, it has a rating on it for temperature. Oh. And that thing is like, like when I bought it, it was like 50 degrees or less. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I, every time I've ever worn that and it's more than 50 degrees, I'm like, yeah, this is way too hot. But, <laughs> but it's yeah. like, it's, it's really nice. Cause it's like, it's like really tight. Like almost feels like a, like, like a green man suit from Sunny. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I used like, to watch but, that. But it like holds all your heat in, but it like wicks all your sweat out. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Like even with like a dick, unless it's windy, you know what I mean? Like that shirt will, I'll wear that shirt and just a t-shirt and be in like mid forties and be fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's crazy. So anyways, moving on. So um, how you like in Bentonville, man? Like, like the riding is way different than Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, um, man, I, I just I I have so many uh, opinions on Bentonville, and and uh, I really like Bentonville, and I I, I stick up for Bentonville because there's all these people that say like like oh yeah you know Bentonville has no elevation it's flat, and uh, I I really like BC POV, but he did a total hit piece on Bentonville uh, like maybe two years ago. Uh -huh. And uh, he was talking major shit on on Bentonville, uh, how it's flat, how you have to sprint full on for every single jump. So like, I don't know, I, I just I, I love Bentonville. I like sticking up for Bentonville and Bentonville yeah. is not flat. <laughs> you know, I um, rode Spider Mountain in Texas a few years ago, went down there and met up with uh, No Front Brakes. And oh, yeah. that that is a, like it's a lift assist park in texas and the elevation from top top to bottom is like 350 feet elevation so not much at all i mean i do in the in the summertime i do rides out here on the regular that have three four thousand feet elevation loss you, you know what i mean so like 350 to me i was expecting to go and be like this is boring as fuck you know and I was really surprised, like with even 350 feet, like I had a lot of fun riding there all day long. So it, you don't need massive elevation to have fun mountain biking. You, you just don't. Yeah. Um, I figured out why Bentonville is so good. Um, just like as for a rider experience, it mimics social media. So you have like a, like a five minute climb and then a fun, like 
45 second descent. And it's just that uh, really quick dopamine dump that just like you can repeat over and over and over. And before you know it, you climbed freaking 1200 feet in an hour. Oh, that's cool. I see what you're saying. So it's not any, it's no like big, long, like grueling kind of climbs then basically. Yeah. It's like six minutes is like the longest climb. And then you get the six minute climb. You get a nice almost two minute descent. And they, yeah. they really maximize the elevation. That That's one thing I, I didn't like about Phoenix and let's just say South Mountain is they'll there's going to be like a big drop in elevation and then there's like kind of nothing to that. So it's, it's just such a waste of elevation in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Bentonville, they they have to utilize every single bit of elevation. And uh, yeah, I, I think they must like put the trails into like an AutoCAD or like some sort of physics program because everything is like, I think it's like calculated, like, yeah. okay, we got, we got this turn, we got this slope, we got this jump and it just works so well. Yeah. I'm sure the builders there are, are um, on point. I listened to a podcast with um, Kyle from um, what was called Kyle and April's MTB or something like that. And yeah, uh, Kyle, Warner. Or Kyle Warner. Yeah. And um, he had like one of the main builder guys or yeah. Gary Vernon. Yeah, he had him on that show and it was really informative and like pretty pretty interesting like all the things that they do there. Yeah, I listened to that one too and uh yeah, you definitely see Gary riding like all the time. He's uh one of the heads of like the Walton Foundation or something like that. He's a he's a real high up dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was that was definitely interesting. One thing that kind of sucks with Bentonville is they'll build like this really cool trail and then maybe one person gets hurt and then they tear it down and make it, they dumb it down a little bit, but uh-huh. you know, as long as you can put up with that, then I mean, it's yeah. cool, dude. I lived here um, a year and like a half now and the amount of new trails and just like revamping trails, it's just insane. Yeah. I really want to get over there and, and ride. Um, I've told this story a billion times on this channel, but like my wife used to go there all the time for work because she would do some stuff with Walmart and like whenever she would explain it to me, she'd be like, Oh, I'm going to this like podunk city out in the middle of Arkansas. And I'd be like, all right, see ya. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> no. then, and then all of a sudden, like uh, Seth did that video. And that was like, basically the first time I had seen that there was like trails there. And I was like, Hey, can I go with you next time? And she's like, yeah, I don't do that account anymore. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So we'll have, we'll have to, I I'd like to get over there though. And, um, every year it seems like I have some other excuse on why not to go this time, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe it plays out this year. I, I think it's just, um, everywhere I get, I've ridden, like, I know you said you haven't been on, on any mountain bike trips, you know, and, and before I started the channel, I, I never had either. And now that I've done it a few times, I'm like, it's really exciting to go somewhere and just try something new. And, um, sometimes it's pretty easy just to like piggyback it onto other stuff that you're already doing. So like I went home last fall for unfortunately a funeral, but it was like brought my bike and I was able to like do a ride real quick. And the one day, and I was like, dude, this is rad, you know, and it cost me the, you know, an extra bag fee, you know, basically. So yeah, it wasn't like it cost me much. So I don't know. It's fun always going somewhere new. 
Yeah. So this year I want to, uh, get into racing. You know, we've chatted a little bit online. I want to get into racing. So I was thinking about doing sea otter, but I don't know. Like I, so I've had this credit card for like forever since I was in BMX days, mm -hmm. um, that I still use a United card. So I rack up like a ton of freaking miles. So like my Bentonville trip, when I was scouting houses, that mm -hmm. flight was completely free right? because I use miles. So it's like, it's like, man, should I go to Sea Otter? But then I'm like, ah, it's it's far. But uh, yeah, I, I have a couple plans of, of getting out for sure. I'll tell you this right now: if you're considering going to Sea Otter, I would not go to Sea Otter and buy the same flight coming out here and come like two months later when we can go up in the mountains and we could do some riding that would just be phenomenal compared to a race that's, in my opinion, not going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah you see some of the videos from like the xc race and and first of all like it's mainly in like a those ultra endurance um categories or mm -hmm. for xc let's just call it a marathon yeah um but yeah it's like i can't ride freaking 50 miles a single track in one day like <laughs> what <laughs> I, oh man i ride like 25 miles and i'm dead so yeah I, yeah, I couldn't do 50 miles. I'd have to do like the, the shorter category. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know. I'm just telling you, I, I put the offer out there. I mean, if you want to go do Sea Otter, I'm not telling you not to. It's really, it's a cool event. It's, um, there's, it, it's almost a little overwhelming how many vendors are there. It, it's so big. And then you have the race on top of it as well. But um, like, as far as, northern california riding goes like the riding that's there in that area is um not super exciting compared to things that are even as close as 45 minutes away from there you know so it, it really depends i guess on what you're looking for i think if you're you're ultimately just really considering doing a race i would just do something more local but if you're thinking about flying out to california and spending a couple of days away from your family I could put together a couple of like epic days of riding that you would be like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. So, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I love uh, Reno. So I would love to visit like Reno and then come down and ride the freaking whatever hill range that is. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff right next to Reno there in, in Tahoe. So that's basically the area that I'd be pointing at. And Heck like yeah. the area that's over there by where Everstoke is there, there's a, a trail there that's super fun called Mills Peak. There's another one and that's about, let's just call it eight miles of downhill. And we'll usually shuttle lap that a couple of times. There's one that's called Mount Huff that has at this point, two different routes that you can take down. And that's about a 11 or 12 mile downhill. And then there's also Downeyville, which is about 14 miles of downhill. So all in like this really small area. And you can, you can actually, there's some people that do all three of those in one day. That's cool. Yeah, That's like yeah. a new little passion that I found of mine is, is hitting multiple trail systems in one ride. It's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think the thing though, that, that, that we both really want to talk about here is you were talking about training. So for potentially a race, what are you doing for training? Um, so, I mean, I used to train a lot for BMX. I was like a nationally ranked athlete. So I've had trainers and things like that before. And I just kind of eventually found out that 
it's not about like following a training program. This is for me, but it's more about just like listening to your body and like taking it day by day. So I would end up winning a race in BMX. It was like the uh, national championship, if you will. It's called the Grand Nationals, the biggest race of the year. It's the finale. And just before that, like two months of training, I was just taking it day by day and just like, like, oh, I feel weak in this area. Let me train this way. And that's all I did. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of going with the flow, just kind of getting information online and just mm-hmm. going with it. Now, um, I am doing Zwift and you did recommend the Dirt Destroyer. Yeah. And I I, I signed up for it. I mean, you don't have to pay money to sign up. But, yeah. Um, I have not done every single workout that it recommends because uh-huh. some days uh, I'm just like, like, shoot, man, the weather's so good. I'll just get out and ride. So mm-hmm. um, I did a couple. I can't really remember. Maybe I can pull it up on my Strava. Uh, but I did one yesterday. It's called mm-hmm. Six Bombs to Drop. Are you familiar uh, that with that one? Sound, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> oh, let me see. <laughs> it, so it was. Um, Throw it, it up on like your a, screen. Uh, so let's see. Let's can I? There you go. Yeah. So it was. Um, th- this was like a warm up. It was like 250 watts for 30 seconds. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Um, and then it's like three minutes at 120 watts, which is, you know, but i mean it starts burning a little bit but then it it went into this block where it's like three basically sprints two minutes and 30 seconds of zone five and then two minutes and 30 seconds of 70 watts which is really nice zone one and then it goes into eight minutes of 190 watts which is zone three straight Mm -hmm. into another 260 watt zone five for another two minutes and 30 seconds so i did that last night and uh what's your FTP right now? 234. Shoot. 234. Okay. So yeah, it's right around what mine is then. Yeah, that's uh that'll get <laughs> you going, that's for sure. Yeah, it, I got up to 170 heart rate at the end of those uh two minute 30 second grinders. But I, I found out that um if I stand up and do a lower cadence, I can grind out like a higher effort. Yeah. Uh, have you ever experimented with that? So this is what I've I've found out with the that program in particular. Um first of all, you have to like stick with the rides that it asks you to do every week, or you're not gonna see the game the way that um it's planned out to, you know. And so like you don't have to do the unstructured rides, but like try to at least finish the the ones that are recommended for the week so like the first week i think is like three rides the second week it might even only be two rides the third week might be three rides and then i think it pumps up for like two weeks or so but um like really try to stay there on that and then the other thing is like when it's not telling you a cadence realistically you want to be pedaling at like 85. yeah that's my natural cadence is like yeah 90. So for me, the very first time I did that thing, my natural cadence, because I've always been a mountain biker, you know, so my natural cadence has always been like 55 or 60. So like, like they would be like, all right, because I'm one of those guys that just puts it in a like, in a, in a hard gear and just grinds, you know, instead of like, like. I would hear other guys be like, yeah, just put an easier gear and spin faster. I'm like, you're high, dude. I ain't doing that. You know, and uh, 
So the first time I did that, when it would tell me like go to 65, I'd be like, okay. And then it would be like, when it doesn't tell you to do anything, I'd be pedaling still probably around that. And it's actually like way harder. But um, as far as getting out of the saddle, most of the time, like to me, it's not very comfortable to be out of the saddle on the trainer. Like it just doesn't, um, it just doesn't feel right. Like you have to like, maybe I just haven't learned how to like, like, adjust my body position right to make it feel right but it just feels awkward to me and i i think also if you're reading the screen as it's telling you it'll tell you a lot of times like try to stay in the seat because mm -hmm. this is like sent like really uh puts focus into the muscle group that they're trying to to do but i think the other thing that i was i was getting at at the beginning was um whenever they're uh whenever they're they're telling you you know do this ride do this ride do this ride they're kind of setting you up where, where like oh we pushed you really hard on your fast twitch muscles this day and oh, we're gonna push you really hard on your low low twitch muscles this day and like maybe this other day they'll know that you're gonna be like toasted so they'll be like do this one and it's like just like a high cadence kind of ride with that you know and um so i i think it's important to kind of do it that way if you actually want to see the gains um Otherwise, if you're just using it just to ride, like, um, I guess it's probably not worth like doing the, the training plans, but I can tell you every time, I, like not every time. I mean, last time I did this training plan at the end of the six weeks, I went out and crushed like every PR I had and, oh, wow. and I'm, I'm expecting the same thing again. And, and I can tell even looking at like, when I finish my rides now, it'll show like, like hey, this is what you did on this ride. But it'll show like, hey, this is the amount of watts that you did on your best on this ride. And I know because I've only done this training plan once before that that best is talking about at the end of the training plan. And I'm like looking at those, I was pushing 350 watts for five minutes. Like, that's crazy. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And so like, it, it's definitely, uh, it, it's it's a science they got they got figured out, you know? Well, uh, this, this one back to basics, uh, that was like an early on one. It was super cool because it was like 200 Watts, but it was varying cadences. So it'd be like mm -hmm. 60 and then like 85. And I thought that was super interesting and I really liked it. Um, yeah. just, it's the same power, but one is pedaling slower and one's faster. And it was really interesting to like show that, Hey, you can maintain that power and, my heart rate would go down when I was standing. Cause I just kind of let the body weight kind of push yeah. down the pedals. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool. But Pretty I think cool when program. you're doing that, like you're not making your legs stronger by using the gravity that way. So yeah. like that's, you're kind of defeating the purpose is, is what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just kind of like picture, um, like in a race scenario, have you ever done an XC race? No, I'm not. I'm not a racer at all. But. Oh, yeah. They they are just the pacing is crazy. And I, I bet like most people blow their wad in the first like two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. Sprint like zone 20. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kind of like while I'm doing that, I'm kind of picturing like like, oh, I'm trying to bridge the gap on a guy. I'm kind of standing up, but I don't want to go too hard. And I don't know. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying there. And uh it's it's uh yeah i i totally understand what you're getting i i mean a lot of times i'll be on those tr some of those like 
sections of Zwift where it's like, do this for five minutes. And I just picture some like really shitty climb that I'm used to doing all the time. I'm like, okay, this is going to feel like that for that amount of time, you know? And then it'll be like, all right, now like, now your, your cadence goes way up and I'll be like, okay, this is the flat spot where I'm like trying to catch up to my buddy that always gets away from me on the, yeah. like, the, the climby spot, you know, or something like that. So I just kind of, yeah, I really think out. that like, it's just such a bummer in mountain biking that a lot of people don't really talk about training and it, like compared to road biking, they all like know their FTPs and, you know, keep it pretty serious with, you know, structured plans and stuff like that. But, but mountain bikers, I know it's kind of the nature just like, Oh, let's go have fun on my bike. But it's like, if they only knew a little bit about training, their rides would be so much freaking better. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think the thing that I took out of Swift or Zwift last year that really changed my riding for the entire year was understanding like how much that cadence changes, like how hard or how easy something is. And, and yeah. like what you were just saying earlier, like to me before, if I would be like trudging up some hill at unknowingly 65 cadence or 50 cadence, I didn't know if I just spun my legs faster, it would actually feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in my <laughs> head, it would be like, that's crazy. That's just going to suck more, you know? And, and it's like, that's the one thing where I noticed that like, oh, wow. If, if I just like lean in and and try to like get a little bit faster it actually becomes easier to pedal you know yeah yeah man it's like so i i see so many people like there's a lot of visitors here and like when you go out on a ride you know you, you see probably 10 20 people here so mm -hmm. it's like i i see these people that are going i mean i'm doing like a zone two ride right well they're passing me going really fast up a hill and you can tell they're not you know very experience like you just mm -hmm. you, like you once you get into <laughs> cycling for a while you can just kind of look at somebody they they're not even rolling on their bike but just like yeah. you can look at somebody and just kind of know like yeah. if they're new or not and these people are just flying up the hill i mean they could be like marathon athletes and just you know really fit or they could be just going too hard up a climb in like zone six their heart rates mm -hmm. are pinged out and then, you know, they have fun. They ride like an hour or two hours. Like you can last, but then it takes them like a week to recover from that ride or maybe two yeah. weeks. So really they're only riding like twice a month. And if they knew like, you know, zones and everything, they could, you know, pace themselves and, you know, not be so tired after their ride and then ride yeah. the next day, you know? And a lot of mountain yeah. bikers, they just ride twice a month and that's it really. Yeah. And I've had that experience just even with friends that we would go out and I have a, a very good endurance, you know? So we would go out for maybe like a three or four hour ride. And these guys would just be smoking me up the hill at the beginning, but like closer to the end of the ride, then they'd be like, their legs are cramping. They're like falling out. And I'm like, dude, we can go do another lap. Like I'm fine, you know, <laughs> but, but it's like that, that pacing I think is something that it takes a while to learn that though, too, you know? Yeah, it's like I, I want to. Well, like I said about Bentonville and the dopamine thing, it's like I know that that trail is right there. Like if I just pedal faster, I can get there faster. But I, man, sometimes I'll just be going like two miles an hour up a hill because my heart rate. I, I'm trying to keep it below 150. And even last year, like I could never get my heart rate below 150 while riding. 
ever. Mm -hmm. Really? And uh, now that I'm oh, getting wow. more fit and everything, like I can go 120 heart rate up a, up a hill going about the same speed as before. So yeah, I think people just want to rush and hurry and go ride that next trail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm on my gravel bike, I can ride like a 30 mile ride from my house and barely get out of the one twenties. Like if I am out of the one twenties cool. in my heart rate, like I am like smashing, but on the mountain bike, on the other hand, like I would say I probably sit in the one forty five area and for most of the ride. And if it's like a really steep, like punchy uphill, then I might pop into the one sixties. But if I hit 170 and I look down at my Garmin and it says 170, I'm like, oh, I'm in the danger zone, dude. <laughs> well, it's funny now that I've like transitioned my heart rate. Um, now, if I get into the 150s, I'm like, okay, like what? And I look down 150s, I'm like, what? I used to do this all the time. Right. Now You're like, how did I like do a, that? a chicken or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's, it, they say your heart rate also goes down the older you get too. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that has something to do it with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm 34 now. You know, I'm getting up there, Dude, man. Getting up there, man. <laughs> I uh, so, I asked Seth how old he was. I thought he was like, like maybe 36. He's like, oh, I'm 38. I was like, whoa. Who did you say? Seth. Seth. Oh yeah. Low Burn Peak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa, man. Like, shoot. <laughs> Like an old man, huh? <laughs> We're going to be like all the main YouTubers are going to be in their 40s soon. You know, like I'm hoping that we get some more young talent coming up. Yeah. It seems like I think most that, YouTubers like 30 plus, you know, it seems like that's like the time that um, maybe the the how do I how do I say this without I have an opinion about it. I think it's like it takes you that long to like have the like um the maturity to want to like do the grind like as a young 20 something it's like dude it's a lot of work to run a channel you know well i also think um for for men they say your your brain is still in development like clear in like late 20s you know yeah. so i, th I think 60s, that i think yeah <laughs> yeah, I I think that um you know we're we're kind of still solidifying our beliefs in ourselves and like who we are and then mm -hmm. you know right when you you're about 30 then it's like okay, I know who I am, I know my limitations and then you can handle the online negativity and stuff like that too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could be that. I think, you know, in your 20s it's just a lot easier to like go chase girls and and party too than it is to like spend all your free time making a youtube channel <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah yeah i lived a really disciplined 20s because like that i i think i was like 22 and then i i got back into bmx racing like hardcore because uh it, i mean i i was a nurse at 20 and then i was like like okay nursing's fun and everything like making good money but it's like i still need a hobby you know so I got back into BMX and then I did BMX hardcore, like on the national circuit from 22 to 28. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was pretty disciplined in my, <laughs> my twenties. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like you're riding a lot more now that you're in Bentonville because of that? Or do you think that this would oh, happen yeah. even if you stayed in Phoenix and you quit your job? Um, yeah, I, I don't know the, so back to the whole Bentonville is flat thing, right? Well, Phoenix doesn't get that, that flack, you know, like, oh, Phoenix is flat. Well, 
Phoenix has this big, gigantic valley, but the trails do not go to the top of the hills. No trail does that except South Mountain, which is kind of, it's not that tall of a hill. Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember the elevation. I think it was like maybe 500 feet. It, it was not that tall of a, a mountain, as they call it. Yeah. You know? So it's like if I compare my rides Phoenix to here, I'm doing the same amount of moving time or like um, moving distance, say 10 miles, and it's still mm -hmm. like a thousand feet of elevation gain. So um, I don't know. The, the riding out there was not that fun and the trails were not maintained and a lot of people were saying like uh before i moved even they're like they're like yeah we thought you sucked at mountain bike <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude i was riding on freaking gravel that was this thick it was like three inches thick like you had to keep you could not like lean your bike or else you were washing your front end so yeah you had to be so timid while riding there um and yeah i pulled, I, I pulled up some of my <laughs> south mountain rides on strava and it looks like i was getting about 1500 feet elevation in a 10 mile ride there okay so but Sweet. i don't i'm trying to see if it's like if i just click one of these that says national and just do like national and see how much elevation loss is on that um because that's one of yeah even that's still not showing much yeah i i get what you say i mean was uh was halls there whenever you lived out there yeah haas was east valley so it was even further than south mountain <laughs> yeah. but it was funny because south mountain like you had to go south for a little while but haas was maybe five minutes even though it was like it seemed way further out there um yeah. but yeah i i did do haas and and uh i was enjoying that but i just really don't like driving over 30 minutes to go ride yeah. you know well you're um, definitely in the right spot for it now then yeah so i i got a house um that that's i can drive so the the trail systems here are kohler and slaughter pin and there's another one called handcut oh kohler is the one that dropped the hammer are you familiar with that drop not not by the name i'm sure i've seen it a million times but like it's a it's a 12 foot drop off a metal grate it's really cool uh -huh. Oh, okay. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, I, I can drive from my house to there in five minutes, uh -huh. but the only problem there is, um, they, they close it down. It's privately owned. So uh -huh. they close it down any kind, any kind of moisture on the ground, they close it down. They don't want to redo the flow trails and everything, but slaughter pen is city owned. So I don't even think they're allowed to close it down. So that one's 15 minutes from my door. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, everything that I'd ride is at least 30 minutes away from my house as far as mountain biking goes. And then um, a lot of the time, like the stuff that I'm riding in the in the summertime up in the Tahoe in Tahoe is like some of those rides are two hours away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've even done like I mean, if I go to Santa Cruz, that's almost a three hour drive and like go down there ride all day and drive back sometimes i'll if i go down there i usually stay with one of my buddies down there for the night or something like that and then come back the next day but yeah definitely a lot of driving here for me to ride but um that's also by you know my own decisions as well i mean at this point i'm in a different stage of life than you are like when my kids were young like yours are i, I definitely wasn't like going out as much but i mean at this point i'm 46 my kids are all grown up. They're they're in 
my daughter's going to be a senior in college next year. My son's out, out with like, was in the military and now, you know, so like, um, I'm like, it's just me and my wife. So as far as like what we're doing, it's like, the only thing we got to worry about is our dog. Yeah. (laughs) So, and fortunately, like, like we have things that we do together, but then she also knows like, this is like the thing that I like to do. So it's like, sometimes she rides with me, but other times she's like, cool, I'm going to go, you know, do whatever with my girlfriend and you can go play bikes all day and we'll see each other later. It's funny. And, uh, with XC racing, you know, they have age brackets. Well, there'll be a, a bunch of people like teenagers and then the twenties start kind of dying off. And the, the 30 to 39 class is very small. And then yeah. in the 40 year old classes, it's like 50, 60 riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just perfectly mimics just like life and the progression and everything. So, yeah, yeah. And those thirties, man, you got those young kids, dude. It's like, Oh man, when I was, when I had young kids, I remember I would get up at like five o'clock in the morning and go ride. So I could be like, go do a big ride and be home by like 10 30 or something like that. You know? Yeah. For me, that's, it's like Zwift is awesome. Cause you, I put them to bed at, you know, eight and then I can hop on the trainer. Well, actually, so that, Oh man, I got a pet peeve with Zwift. So I got the Zwift hub one. Okay. Uh, are you using the Zwift trainer? No, I have a different one, but that is actually the trainer that I recommend to people all the time because it's like really priced well. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were like a thousand dollars, and then I saw yeah. it was like six hundred. I was like, heck yeah! And a, a year of Zwift membership yeah. with it, um, and it comes with the cassette too, which a lot of them don't for the price. So like, um, yeah, I got the one with the virtual shiftings, and I, I kind of like that, you know. Um, but I, I think that there should be profiles like my wife hops on my bike on the trainer and everything. And, uh, I wish I could, you know, say it was her riding and then log her miles and upload to her Strava, but you can't do that. You have to make a new account and pay that yeah. money. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, dude. <laughs> That's Maybe if you had like a family plan or something like that, then you would have that ability where you pay a little bit extra or something. Oh man. It's like, we're using the same bike. So I don't, I don't submit it to Strava, but, it counts towards my Zwift points. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We get all this. All, you can spend all your what is it? Sweat drops in the in the garage, yeah. right? So, yeah, my biggest complaint with Zwift is I just want to punch the guy that wrote the like things on the screen that it says to me during training, where it's like, like I, like I'm like dying, right? And it, it'll be like, this should feel pretty good to you right now, and I'll be like, fuck you. you know, like, <laughs> I would have punched you in the face right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got that yesterday. So like zone five was calling for me to do like 260 watts. But yeah. um, like I was a sprinter before. So like uh, on the Zwift free ride, I was like dicking around. I was like, I wonder what I can sprint up to. I can hit yeah. 1200 watts on that thing. That's um, crazy. So I don't know that the 260 watts didn't really feel I, that same message came up. It was like, this should be feeling pretty good right now. And it kind of did, but, um, it's like, I can go higher on those like yeah. zone zone things. And the virtual, sh- virtual shifting thing is cool. Cause you can like control the difficulty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that on yours. Um, I don't use because I use just the training programs. The, the machine is changing its intensity for me all the time. Like I never change gears at all. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like it, it'll change the intensity, but you can say like, 
like say it's like a it's time to do another big effort you can like on the swift button thing you can say like no push it down a little bit like i don't want to do 300 watts and and like decrease the intensity so you still get yeah the I think I can, yeah yeah you can do that with the like the, the percentage it's the like app a, right you can okay, yeah you can still do it okay yeah and like i'm actually usually like almost exactly where i'm sitting is where my trainer sits and then this tv that i'm looking at is just pushed back a little bit more and so i'll have well you can use the the zwift uh companion app and that'll have a spot on it where you can just touch it and then change the intensity and then also like i usually have my mouse just sitting here because that's how i just like click through shit on the screen if i need to yeah i need to get a wireless mouse that's yeah. the setup right there but for Zwift, you can put that Zwift companion on your phone. And then I have like, I actually like, I don't know if you have an iPhone or not, but the iPhone has that like magnet thing in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I have I, one on, on my phone. I got the little. Yeah, exactly. So I like printed a magnet kind of situation so that I could put it on a Garmin mount. And so that I could just stick my phone on the Garmin mount because it's nice. Like, it's not something you would buy normally because this would just fall off if you were actually riding bike. But like for Zwift, it's nice because then it's like right there and I can have the companion app up. And then like if I want to pick it up or like, you know, some of the spots where you're just like chilling, keeping a cadence, maybe I'll text one of my buddies or something like that, you know, but yeah. um, it's nice to have it like that. And, uh, but but like I said, like with that, um, the training program, basically I'm I'm stuck to do whatever it says to do unless i was to change that i and i i am purposely not trying to do that because i want to like as bad as it can suck i want to get it like as much of the gain as i can out of the program you know what i mean yeah so sometimes i'll, I'll make a custom workout mm -hmm. and i can kind of like see what one program is and then i'm like okay i'm not really feeling uh a freaking seven minute you know zone three burn right here so then i can just yeah. kind of make my own custom thing <laughs> but you can also you, do you have a garmin um no i don't oh okay i have a hammerhead Carew too uh because <laughs> garmin has some like training programs on it too and you can link that up to your smart trainer and it'll it'll like do sort of like with does you just don't have a screen to look at you know yeah it's it's weird so like now that i don't have or, you know i'm not a nurse anymore i'm a full-time youtuber it, it's weird man like it's it's a different feeling with with things because you don't have like a guaranteed paycheck you know mm -hmm. week or every two weeks or whatever so um like and especially with the ads like i don't have guaranteed ads i i have i have like three planned for february but I think I have one for March. So it's not like guaranteed there either. Like you're hoping an, an ad offer comes in. Um, so now it's like, I got to stay really lean and yeah. not spend like hardly any money. You know, I would yeah, love yeah. like a phone mount for my bars on the, on the trainer bike, but I'm like, Oh man, I freaking like, I'm just so sick of spending money, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The secret there is buy is to, to buy a 3d printer and then you can print all this shit yourself, dude. Dude, okay, so uh, a couple of years ago, like you were getting really into three D printing, and I was like, I was like, okay, that's like a cool hobby. I don't really ever see like a need for that, but now more than ever, like I'm seeing it. And uh, someone, they're they're sharing clips of um, of the like this little bleed block thing that goes in your caliper, 
but then mm -hmm. you can squirt out like you can push out only one piston at a time right and then you mm -hmm. clean your piston i've had to do that before um and someone's like hey can you pass me the 3d uh printing file and they're like no you can buy it from us though but yeah. like that's where 3d printing comes in handy it's like a, a nifty little tool like that you just do, do, do boom print it up you know I'll tell you, you get a 3D printer and you look at the world in a whole different way. Like, like everything that you do, like every, so many problems that I solve, I solve with something that I print. Like even this, this, um, let's just call it this tripod that I have my webcam on in front of, in front of me right now. Yeah. Like I wanted it at a certain height and so that it like is is exactly like where I want it pointing at. So it's actually kind of like, cause I'm using a TV screen. So this thing's like a 40 inch TV, right? So if I put the camera up at the top of the TV, it's just gonna be looking like, I'm gonna be looking down the whole time, right? So I have this in front of me, but I could just print what I needed to like put this exactly at the height that I wanted. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and um, yeah, there's so many things around my house that it's, um, you just solve problems all the time by like, oh, I can print that, you know? Yeah. Um, some of them are stupid and completely meaningless. Like, like, um, like, like I printed this hat for my ring camera. <laughs> but um, on the other hand, uh, some of them are, are like super, super useful, you know, like, like a, a, a Garmin mount for, or I'm sorry, a GoPro mount for your chin bar on your, your full face. Like, you oh, yeah. The, there's a couple of instagram pages or companies or whatever mm -hmm. there I, I think they're doing pretty good because that's all they do is they just print chin mounts all the time yeah pretty cool and some of that stuff it's like you just you you take the time to initially design like i designed a uh uh a, a mount for my handlebars that holds the dji remote for my drone so mm. I can like basically just have the remote on my handlebars and then ride. And then I don't have to like, like if, if the, the can't, if the drone stops following me or something like that, I got the remote right there. It's not like I can like put the drone somewhere and have to ride under it. And then, and then um, go back to where my remote is. It's like, no, I can just fly it back over there now. Yeah. You know? Which uh, drone do you have from DJI? I just bought the, the new mini, whatever it is. I think the mini four. Okay. Yeah. I had that one too. And, uh, once the leaves fell, it, the obstacle avoidance was completely gone. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just kept running into sticks and then it broke. And then I, I, uh, I was still in the return window. So I just returned. <laughs> yeah. 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 They have that, um, that warranty program too. That's kind of like, you can mess it up as many times as you want for an extra, whatever. Yeah. I should have done that. Like, I think I was past the time that I could have done that. Yeah. But I really liked the drone. It was cool, you know, flying around and using those shots for the, the channel and everything. I, I still might, but it's like, I've done, um, a couple ads for DJI. And mm -hmm. I, I really like their action camera. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to be like a paid shill. Like, I freaking love it, dude. Let's see, do I have it right here? I haven't used it yet. I'd be, I'd be interested to try it. I've seen some pretty good reviews on it, and like other guys are talking about. It. You really like it, though, dude. It is amazing. Oh, look. So I, I had to buy this. It's a cold shoe mount for the microphone, but it yeah. is. I bought it off Etsy. It's, it's totally 3D printed. Oh. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I bet you could print that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's totally 3D printed, but I bought two of them for six bucks. So pretty good price. But it yeah, you know how much amazing. that would cost you to print if it was your your own? Like you designed that? 
three cents maybe probably <laughs> like 10 cents dude like, oh yeah. wow yeah, cool. yeah um but yeah the the dji action camera it's it's way better than gopro i uh i love harping on gopro because gopro like it's one of those things with like tvs and in, in stores people will always pick the tv that's more saturated you know the, mm -hmm. the most vibrant colors despite like it it being like not great um specs i guess yeah um so like gopro if you compare these two together this has a super wide field of view and i love it because it's like really natural whereas mm -hmm. the gopro you know you can run the gopro max and then even then i don't think it even gets to 155 degrees field mm -hmm. of view um so yeah i freaking love this thing how's the stabilization that's the thing for me that uh that it always is the the yeah yeah just i would say just as good as the gopro uh yeah right on par i mean they're they're getting so good at stabilizing this and um I don't they just recently use... upgraded that too like that i i want to say that's a new model right yeah i don't think it got like that much in upgrades um i think maybe the sensor got a little bit better so like you can tell in low light it, it helps um but i i don't i mean i the only time i ever ride really is like 11 a.m that's my jam mm -hmm. you know so it's like i don't have to deal with low light really um but that, man that, that i want to talk about that so it's like i was from phoenix i didn't have shade when i was riding here in bentonville right in the woods with like filtered sunlight and like heavy shade and everything dude vision here is like a big problem yeah it's way different uh, yeah it's like your 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 eyes have to adjust all the time and and sometimes like I feel like I can't really see that well. And I'm just kind of going by feeling basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And it's just as bad as a, as a creator too, because like, like out in Phoenix, like your camera's just like all the light all the time. So it's yeah, like, every shot that beautiful, thing, you know? right? Yeah. And it's like, you come into the, into the woods and it's like the sensors trying to deal with, Oh, it's dark. And then for, for a half a second it's bright as hell and then yeah. it's like you know and it'll be like little spots on the ground and like you'll get it perfect it looks great and then it's like these little light spots look like they're just blown out the the, the shot or so yeah i was gonna shoot a short yesterday i uh, i was taking pictures of my bikes and the lighting was just so terrible because it was really bright out but there's no leaves but there's a lot of trees so it's just <laughs> so bad and I, I was like trying to set up the short and i was like dude fuck it i, I i'll do it another day and today yeah. would have been good it was like super cloudy and and in the summertime when i was uh, like filming for the channel i had to basically plan my day around the forecast and go okay i'm like oh it's gonna be cloudy on tuesday i'm gonna have the bike ready by tuesday and yeah. uh, it was weird yeah yeah i'm sure it's a little it's a little different there how um how how do you decide what content that you're doing i know you do a lot of stuff where you're rebuilding bikes or building bikes and um it seems like now that maybe you're in more of a an easier place for you to ride that you're you're touching on a little bit more riding type content as well yeah kind of sorta so um i made the the second channel sorry i got a burp Oh, I made right. this. <laughs> I made the second channel uh, dedicated to training, posting five days a week, and um, you know th that was good. I was I got like a thousand subscribers on that. Um, nothing like crazy, mm -hmm. um, but the views didn't really take off. Uh, you know, like hitting like a thousand views and stuff like that. And 
I don't know. It's, it's tough. Like some days I would post a video and it'd be like zero comments, you know, I'm like, yeah, shit, man. Like that's the best thing about making videos is the comments. Yeah. I, I don't really care so much about the views. It's like the comments are, are big for me. I like hearing what people have to say. So, um, it just kind of reminded me like, Hey, like that's, that's what your channel is. You building bikes. So now more than ever, I'm like, I'm just going to build, build bikes and keep making fun bike builds and everything. And you can even, I finished one today. You can see it in the shot there. Yeah. I can um, see something back there. Good thing. You yeah. Can't, can't see exactly what it is. Yeah. I shared it to Instagram. Uh, it's, um, a 120 millimeter travel bike, but I put a coil on it front and rear. Oh, nice. <laughs> <It's just laughs> so weird, but it's like, I don't care, man. Like, I just want to have fun with it, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. It I'm just seems like you found a good niche though. I mean, honestly, like, um, you your your channel is at what like well over a hundred thousand now right yeah 138k um and and like so a lot of youtubers they'll be in like this big rush to hit a hundred thousand subscribers and then okay it's it's time to hit a million subscribers but i didn't really have like any any kind of feeling when i hit a hundred thousand subscribers it, it didn't really feel like anything yeah so yeah, and, and part of that is because of uh, shorts. It's like people can get all these subscribers from shorts. And and I post shorts too. And I would say if I didn't post shorts, I would probably be at like 60,000 subscribers still. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like cheating the system. And and yeah. in fact, subscribers, like don't, they don't even matter anymore. It's yeah. kind of a bummer. They don't. Honestly, they don't really. Um, um, they don't matter as much as they used to. But I think for me, um it just feels good to me that that number regardless of where they came from you know what i mean like like it is like you said the comments really motivate you and i like the comments too like honestly i i really in, enjoy the the community but um but that subscriber number it just makes you feel like somebody took that extra like moment where they're like yeah i want to see this person's stuff like more you know yeah yeah but i mean as far as like Go ahead. Well, I, I wish I like didn't really post shorts. I mean, I'm, I'm probably still going to keep posting shorts because I already kind of ruined it. But I would love to just I don't even I don't really like shorts. I don't enjoy making them that much. And then uh, don't do it. yeah, it, well, it, it is it is nice to like go, OK, my views are at, you know, three million this month, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah. uh, probably 60 percent of those are shorts. Um so that's nice. And that, that helps with like advertising and, and things yeah. like that. So it's yeah, kind of easy, easier now. to pitch that way. But I mean, it, it like, I, I was having this conversation with another, um, one of our fellow creators on Slack recently and where like, I think that you can put, you, you can make the pitch to your advertising people, whichever way you want. And if you're not getting as many views, like you can say, oh, well, these are all from like longer form content, which I have a, a better relationship with these people. So they're more engaged to, you know, like be interested in the products that I'm showing. Whereas like, yeah, you may get like, you know, a million views on this short, but like how much interaction do you get with that, with that, that person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is it is a million views really like worth a million views on long form? Like, I don't think it's the same. You know? Oh it yeah, long 10, form would be crazy <laughs> to hit a million. 
Right. I mean, you as far like absence wise, you'd be making like bank on a million views. But I mean, like even talking about like engagement, you know, I have like, one with a million views. Let me find it. I'll tell you how much I made on it. It's not as much as you think. Okay. Yeah. Let's take some guesses. Maybe chat if you want to take some guesses. I have a video with a million views. So a long form video. Long form video. Okay. I found it here. It's almost 1.1 million views now. Do you it's, have it set to like put the ads wherever it wants or did you choose where the ads were? I did. I did. Uh, I am hearing that you can set it to like every two minutes or whatever. And then I just let it do whatever it wants to do. Yeah. That's what I do too. But some people like set it to every two minutes, but not everybody will see an ad every two minutes. If you do that, yeah. it's based on their browsing patterns or whatever. So I, I would guess that you made at least $10,000 on that video. I mean, that's, that's a good guess. I, that would be really nice. So, uh, let me, let me really, let me go like this. Oh, there we go. Sharing it again. All right. I'm gonna have to explain this for people that are. Okay. So here's the video, $300 drivetrain versus a thousand dollar X61 access 1.1 million views, 72,000 hours of watch time. I got 5,000 subscribers off it. And only two thousand one hundred and eighty-five dollars. I wonder why it's so low. I feel like I wonder if it like has to do with like the genre of the video, and then what type of ads that they're pushing into it. Yeah. So this is a big number is CPM. So uh, six dollars twenty-one cents, which is really low. Now I'm getting more towards like fifteen or something like that. Right. So. Yeah. So was your channel like pretty small when that happened or something? Yeah, I was at um, maybe 25,000 subscribers, I'd say. Interesting. I'm really surprised that it's that low. Yeah. Because I've definitely, I mean, you can you can search the internet and find other people talking about, you know, similar videos and be like the same amount of views, but maybe they're in like uh beauty space or something like that or tech space and they're like yeah i made you know twenty five thousand dollars and you're like what <laughs> yeah yeah so. man mountain biking is uh i don't know it, it, it's in a weird space and and brands like uh you know the mega brands like trek and specialize like i i guarantee they don't pay for ads on youtube like the pre-roll ads and stuff like that where they really should you know so it's you know brands that are unrelated to mountain biking so it's like they don't want to pay you know big cpms for a mountain bike video to advertise for like wells fargo or whatever yeah i don't i don't understand why they pay the money for the like facebook kind of ads because you see it there all the time and not the the, the youtube stuff because to yeah, me, i feel like oh, the youtube man. market is like a better market to like to saturate with your ads than facebook that's just my yeah. personal opinion. Well, there's so many Facebook ads and like the targeting ads, like they've got, they got to pay a lot of money to like reach the people, you know? Yeah. Cause so many companies are doing it, but it's like, uh, the companies like bike companies, they love the Instagrammers, you know, like, Oh, he got a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Um, it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to fall all over you. But if you say like, oh, I have a hundred thousand YouTube, they're like, what's YouTube, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> They don't give a shit about me, you know, and I, yeah. I have a hard time convincing brands like, hey, send me this, send me that. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, some of it's probably approach and some of it's uh, some of it, I think, is companies aren't uh, 
when you're saying companies, are you talking about like bike related companies? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would love to work with uh crank brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to them recently. I got a big project I'm working on again. It's a season two. If uh, mm-hmm. people watch my stuff, they'll, they'll know. But, um, I, I made like this whole five page proposal thing. I, I really put a lot of effort into it, like aimed specifically at crank brothers. And I got, I, I have the marketing person's email and I I've sent two emails and it's like no response. So that's like, yeah. shit, man. And th- this, uh, 1 million view video is a part of that project. So for me going like, Oh, look, I'm working on a project. I have videos with a million views in that project. Like let's work together. I'm not mm-hmm. asking for money from them. I would just like some product. Um, but yeah, no response. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's the company itself. And sometimes it's just, you know, the other thing I noticed, at least with the bike industry is that they are not efficient at answering emails pretty much across the board. Yeah. Like, like there's very few companies that I can like ping an email to and they get back to me like in a couple hours, you know, where like yeah. my normal day job is like, dude, if I send an email to somebody and they don't answer me the same day, I'm like WTF. Right. (laughs) And, and a lot of the bike industry, like you could ask somebody any question and it's easily two weeks and you'll get an answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I would also say go to uh, events where they're at and, um, that help, it helps that I live close to, to sea otter. But like I go to Sedona every year. Like you could go to the Bentonville Bike Fest every year, and like oh, Bike Fest was dope, dude. I freaking love that. You'll get to talk to those people more and more, and after they see you a few times, like there's some of these guys that I've been asking to be on the podcast, and it's like they've seen me. They know me when I'm walking up. They're like, "Here he comes again," you know. (laughs) And they'll be like, "Dude, here you are." But it's like, yeah, man. I'm going to come by every year and it's been five years. You've been seeing me. Eventually you're going to break down. You know, you're just going to be like, all yeah. right. Yeah. You but, know, uh, Onyx hubs. Yeah. Yeah. So they were at, um, bike fest and the main marketing guy, I had emails with him and he sent me some hubs before we had like met face to face, but, uh, we ended up chatting and, uh, I was one of like the very first customers of Onyx hubs Oh wow! back in like 2013. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And then we were talking and the guy used to be uh, Sam Willoughby's mechanic and Sam Willoughby, what used to be a number one BMX pro, like he was the top in the world. Yeah. And uh, we just talked for basically like an hour and a half, just shooting the shit about BMX. Cause like all the big races that Sam Willoughby was winning, I was at racing amateur at the same time. Yeah. So it was really cool. Just you know, putting a face to a marketing person. You know? that's, that's the thing with, that I'm talking about is like, the more that you do that, the more that um, you'll, you'll become part of the industry instead of like, like a guy that's talking about the industry. And, yeah. And it, it just takes time to build those relationships, you know, and, and stuff like that. But um it, it definitely, it definitely happens. And then things like, because the industry is small, like, like I did a video on an i9 hub when I first started my channel and that thing got like a bunch of views. And later on down the road, that marketing guy 
was actually at Revel whenever I had like sent them an email about something. And he was like, oh yeah, I remember you because I was at I-9 and you did this video. And I never even like reached out to them or anything. They just saw it because it was getting a shit ton of views. You know what I mean? So um, that happens too, is I guess is what I'm saying. People now that reminds that. me, have you had any experience with Bird Spokes? Have you interviewed anybody from Bird Spokes or anything? Yeah, I've had them on twice. I actually have a set of their wheels that I've been riding. I, I need to do a video on it. I need to, I had a, a, a an idea of what I was going to do. And now I'm, I need to come up with something else because I don't think that video idea is going to work. Okay. Yeah, they, they are, they're super cool with socials and, and even like somebody that they've never heard of, like they'll take time and like listen to you and everything. And uh, yeah, they sent me some of their spokes. I, I built up, built up a custom wheel set, and that video got like half a million views. Oh wow, dude, crazy. that's awesome! And dude, for the listeners right now, if if you are on the fence about bird spokes, I know they're expensive, dude. They are mm -hmm. freaking amazing. The the ride yeah. quality, like every ride I have on bird spokes, I don't I don't regret, you know, getting these wheels. And it's mm -hmm. it's just so like compliant oh so good dude yeah yeah i, love I have them on um my like 170 bike right now and i think because that bike already has so much suspension it's really hard for me to tell and my <laughs> plan was to do a video on my hardtail with it so um, yeah hardtail yeah yeah and um i just have to figure out how i'm gonna do that because uh um yeah, I just gotta figure it out. Long, long story short, yeah, that's I because I, I'm I'm riding Fazari this year. I, I'm not sure how I don't have a hardtail from them, so I'm not sure like how I can go about it. So, do they make a hardtail? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, I have really close ties with Polygon and and Bikes Online, mm -hmm. and I don't have like an exclusivity thing, but mm -hmm. uh, like sometimes I I just. I say like, like, Hey, like send me this bike. They're like, Oh, we don't have the budget. I'm like, just send it to me as a demo or something or, yeah. or I would spend money on, on a bike from them, you know, just cause like, I, I want to keep that relationship really good. So sometimes yeah. it's like, all right, give me a, give me a discount, something, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. So I, I, um, I, I like them and they definitely, um, they're, they're definitely lighter like without a doubt they're way lighter than than um my traditional wheels but uh i did get a bunch of prs on my bike whenever i switched to those wheels but i think it's because those are 29ers and my old wheel set that i took off was a mullet wheel set but uh yeah i also like really wanted to put them like through a lot of riding before i went and started talking about how i felt about them because um it's just so easy to like come up with a short term um, opinion, but it not actually be like how you feel like a month later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I have zero negative thoughts on them at all. Yeah. And, and they're still like tight and everything. And I don't know, man. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah. I don't have anything negative to say. At this, I mean, the only negative thing I could say is the price. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, to be realistic. But as far as performance goes or any of that stuff, like I've definitely put them through the ringer and they're, they're still true as hell. And like, you know what I mean? Like, well, for the listeners out there, it's like, you don't have to buy new, buy used, you know, like I buy so much used stuff. Like 
I hardly ever buy new suspension. I always, always buy used suspension because it's like yeah. it's still good, you know, just service it and you're on your way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How'd like, you how'd you learn how to do the servicing? You just watch YouTube videos or uh yeah, yeah. So when I was first starting uh Sid and Mackie, they she started Sid Fixes Bike where they started it. Yeah. And um I watched those videos and then you know, with servicing suspension, they they usually have a service manual like step by step, like super in depth. So it's just like uh building Legos, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you weren't scared. Uh, no, no. The the only thing when you first start working on suspension is taking out the wipers, the dust mm -hmm. wipers, because um, you have to pry them out and you think that you're like messing it up. It's like you're not messing it up, you know, like, yeah, I, I've pried it out and just got cleaned them and put them back in, you know. Um, but let me show uh, everybody what I was doing today. I'm going to swap over to uh, this. Oh, look at this guy. So I. I had a <laughs> I'm so for people that are listening, he's got a cane creek coil with it compressed with a bunch of zip ties. So. <laughs> yeah, so I got this uh you know short travel coil fork and it's a 45 millimeter stroke, but the spring uh -huh. is a 55 millimeter spring. So I had about five millimeters that I had to compress it to get on the clip. Um, so I took a headset cut press and I just kept twisting it and putting zip ties and checking to see if it was okay. And, and, uh, yeah, I got it on there eventually. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, the comment says, Hey, Evan, not a good idea, oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, let's see. It worked out. Here's the bike. And, uh, let's see if we pause that. Yeah, it made it on there. Um, so I got it installed with the zip ties on still. And then I, uh, let me get back to that. So then I, I just sat on the bike and compressed it way more than I did with the headset cup press. And then just started snipping off the zip ties. So, I wonder if that's putting like excessive uh, pressure on the way that it holds the spring, like more than what it should be. You're talking like in its installed form? Yeah. Um, I would say no. It's basically running no preload. And I, I think I might even need to add just like a little bit of preload um, mm -hmm. just so I can get that 30% sag. So, mm -hmm. no, I don't I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about your channel? Uh, well, man, it's, it's so funny because um, it's like I, even as a little kid, I would sit there with a Dan's Comp magazine. Um, if, if you're not familiar, Dan's Comp sells BMX parts so mm -hmm. they would send out a, a catalog a mail order catalog every month you would get a new one and i would sit there as a 10 year old and i would be writing out builds and the weight and the price and and all that stuff so it's like i would be building doing like really weird builds even if it wasn't for the channel so it's right. just like i just love doing that kind of stuff and now i i mean i took a break all of january or most of december all of january i was doing the training and everything but I'm finding now it's like I'm kind of pushing off training just to work on the video just because I, I I don't know. I just like it a lot. Yeah. You, know? you really so, enjoy what you're doing is what it comes down to. Yeah. I like building bikes, man. It's freaking yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So how do you deal with like what you were talking about earlier? The um, the how sporadic the income is. 
Well, I, I've been fortunate that it it's not sporadic. It hasn't been sporadic at all. Um, actually, so I um, I did a series called High Low, and that was really what made my channel take off, where I copied um, a donut media and Pink Bike did it too. Sorry, I need a burp. Um, so it's like you take two identical bikes. One gets uh, like mid-level upgrades. One gets uh, high-level, like top-tier upgrades. And I did that. I played two different characters, myself and Chad. And that really got, I mean, I think the average view count on each video is like 10 videos was like 160,000, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. I started getting good ads then and everything. I was making probably $10,000 a month between everything. Mm -hmm. um, where was I going with all this? Oh, how? I, oh, so yeah, ever since then, like it's been pretty steady. But to be honest, it's steadily declining though i've mm -hmm. noticed that um the interest in mountain biking is not what it used to be <laughs> two years ago and it really mm -hmm. bums me out it's like where are these people going man like you were so hell-bent on getting out from the the lockdowns and now what are you doing you're freaking yeah. self-lockdown self-quarantining it's like get your dust your cobwebs off your damn bike dude so, yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, it's, it's, it's interesting but i mean I think everything in life is cyclic. So, I mean, it, it, if it's going goes down, it'll go up too. So I definitely yeah. don't think that the sport itself is losing its um, popularity. Like if anything, I feel like the sport is like gaining more and more momentum every year, regardless of like what sales are right now. Like it's definitely um, like I, I said to somebody that was on the, the podcast not too long ago, like, like when you watch a car commercial now, like pretty much all the like anything that has any kind of outdoory kind of vibe as far as a car goes, you'll yeah, see yeah. mountain bikes on it. Right. You know, like five years ago, you didn't see that. It wasn't like yeah. if there was a Tacoma ad, like for sure there was going to be mountain bikes on it. It's like Tacoma, a Subaru, a F-150, uh, a Chevy truck, you know, like they're, they're showing bikes in some way, shape or form on every one of them you know so i i kind of have an opinion on this um so i think that you know bike builds are becoming less popular and i think mountain biking is now trending towards instead of you know building their bike it's now trending towards experiences mm -hmm. and uh that's one reason why i want to get into racing is is so i can put out a video about you know my experience i i went to a race and my first race i, I kind of plan on making the title like like I did my first race and my goal was to not get last place, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's leaning towards experiences. So I, I would want to kind of dig into that. And, and, uh, have you ever heard of unbound unbound yeah. gravel? Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got the invite. I got invited. To, well, I submitted, it's like a lottery ticket when you sign up. So uh -huh. then you have to get the invite. So yeah, I'm doing unbound. <laughs> how, how far is that? Like how far away from me or no, how far, how far like how big is the ride like explain it to people that don't know what unbound is so unbound is a gravel race um it's part of the lifetime grand prix and it, it's kind of like an ultra distance thing and and uh, i'm not an ultra distance guy they have like a hundred mile 250 mile 350 mile but they just came out with a 50 mile Oh, well, that's where you're at so i'm like let's go let me sign up for that i can do 50 miles hopefully i've never hopefully. done it before <laughs> but i'll try and unbound yeah. last year uh, got a lot of flack because um they ran the course through just like 
crazy mud. And uh-huh. I think they said there was 800 people that DNF'd from that section and just completely destroyed their bikes and everything. And I and, think I remember uh, seeing pictures from that. Yeah. Yeah. And like that kind of makes me think that now people are, are like going like, okay, gravel or drop bar mountain bike. And maybe I'll take a freaking mountain bike instead. Yeah, maybe you just like a, like, yeah, who knows? I mean, I would, I would think since it's a gravel bike, a gravel race that you could take a gravel bike and be you'd probably be better, better off. Do you have a gravel bike? Yep. I got a gravel bike. It's, it's on demo from Polygon. Um, it's kind of like, so now there's two categories of gravel. There's like a performance and an adventure gravel you, right. you might not have heard of that now, but it's going to be a thing in the future. Um, so my gravel bike has a suspension fork, 30 millimeter yeah. suspension. It has a dropper. It has yeah. a one by drivetrain. And then on the flip side, you have carbon gravel that has none of that, maybe a flexi seat post or uh, stem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I really like the, I'm using it as a trainer bike right now. Um, I think I might kind of lean towards more of a performance thing. Cause like they, they say that, the gravel here in Northwest Arkansas is like the chunkiest ever. But when mm. I ride it on this bike with 50 millimeter tires and everything, it's like the smoothest gravel I ever. Yeah. I'm like, where's this damn chunky stuff? So yeah. maybe, maybe I'm kind of over biked for the area. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or maybe for what you're actually riding. I actually, the bike that I ride is um, kind of a hybrid between a gravel and a road bike. They call it like an all road bike is what, what the, the company. Yeah. Calls that's it. cool. And so it has like the tire clearance. I have like 45 nice or millimeter tires on. And uh, um, for what I want to ride is it's right. Cause basically I want to ride mostly road, but then whenever I run into some gravel stuff here and there, I can pop on it and pop off of it. I don't really want to go do something that's like chunky and like rocky. Like some, some guys I see riding gravel, like they're riding some like legit mountain bike trails. I don't want to ride that. Like if I want to ride a legit mountain bike trail, I'm going to do it on a mountain bike. Cause I'm a mountain. Yeah. Bike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried that with single track. Cause I'm like, Oh, I got a suspension fork, but the body positioning is so di- Even the dropper, I have to have it like so high. So it's like, even with the seat all the way low, it's like, dude, it's freaking scary on single track. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to like, where you have to ha- like have your hands like on the hoods to, to break, you know, compared oh, yeah. to like how you would on a mountain bike and like, the bars are so narrow. I mean, even the widest like like road bars that you can drop bars you can get are still like maybe like 460. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's definitely no 800, that's for sure. Yes, I, I got these things I want to try out on a I got a XC build coming up. It's um they're inner bar ends. So it goes inside your grips and it's kind of like a like a hood to where you can uh-huh. just have another hand position. Um, for mountain bikes yeah mountain bikes so you can put it kind of narrow they say it helps with aerodynamics or whatever um i i think i'm gonna return these because i got some 15 these are 50 bucks i got some 15 ones that are they actually feel better in the hand yeah (laughs) so um but yeah i think i'm gonna try that out you know yeah, I used to ride uh, with uh, bar ends on my bike back in the day. Cool, and, man. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I really liked the the hand position, but I didn't like the billion comments on YouTube about it, so I just took them off. 
And uh, but crazy? I still actually hold the ends of my handlebars like that. Oh, even wow. without the without the uh, the bar ends on it, just because it's like a having your hands in that like your wrists in that position rather than the normal position. Um, yeah. It's just more comfortable, at least when I'm climbing. Like I find yeah, myself I hold on. Um, I, the levers, I kind of put my hands on top of the levers a lot of the times on, on uh, okay, climbs yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I grab I think the ends watched, of the handlebars all the time. That's that's like that's my thing. I think I watched one of your bike review videos, and uh, aren't you running like your bars like eight hundred or eight twenty something like that? Yeah, they're eight hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a wide, wide grip there. Yeah. But I'm a big guy though too. I mean, I'm six two and like I have pretty broad shoulders, so um. For me, it's 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 about right. <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of like uh, how mountain bike is trending, you know, experiences like your uh, your weight loss videos. I mean, they're so popular, you know. Like everybody loves that that connection with you and that journey and everything. And and it's like you're not even really talking about you know a ninety second review. You're, you're not doing any of that. So. Yeah, it's just a story, you know, that's yeah, really what it scary. is. And I think that that's the thing with your channel as like, um, at least the type of, of subscribers that I have, like the people that like my content, it's, it's, it's more of a story that you're checking in for than, than particularly, uh, um, like information, you know, like when I did those 90 second reviews, like to me, it was just like something fun to do because, mm -hmm. I hate doing reviews, but I like wanted to talk about products, you yeah. know, but I, I hate doing reviews. So for me, like that's perfect because like when you my friend asked me if I like these grips, I don't talk to him for 15 minutes. Like yeah. I'm like, dude, these grips suck. Or like, no, they kind of were expensive yeah. and they wear out fast, but I really like this part and I don't like this part and then I'm done, you know? And, and I feel like, um, I, I enjoyed that format because it really made me like for some things have to really think about what I was going to say for 90 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's, it's not that much time when you actually have the clock running, <laughs> like to, to spit out as much information as you want. So I was thinking about revamping that and like trying to do it in like 60 seconds. Yeah. And make it a, a short. Yeah. That's what I, think I was thinking. Provide a lot of value to people. Yeah. So like, I think with your, like with your content, like what I was saying is like, like somebody could be watching your, your content because it's like teaching them about this bike that they want to know about, but then maybe it's not like, like, um, like, is that something that they want to come back and see next time when it's not the bike that they want to know about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, with, with me, what happened with the channel is I was kind of taking along there, maybe getting... 10,000 views a video it was slowly building and everything but then I, I i figured out how to use music uh to like portray an emotion because like yeah. with bike builds i don't know how much you work on bikes but it never really goes right <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, like today with the freaking coil thing like i thought i would just pop that sucker off slide it on and i was like oh this will build will be easy i can do this in a day it's like three days later i'm like yeah, I was like going to Harbor Freight and uh, buying all this crap, and um, <laughs> so what I do is is I I communicate that I go I go yeah I've never worked on a coil before and the problem is it doesn't fit so I don't know what to do and then uh, you know I dun, have dun, an idea dun. yeah then I go <laughs> I go well maybe I'll just 
take my headset press and use these zip ties. What could go wrong? You know, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll have like some dramatic music with that too. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely use a story at the same time. And I think that's yeah. when I figured that out, all of a sudden that it was like on a retro S works build. Mm-hmm. And um, that video got like 60,000 views. And then I just kept that rolling and, and the rest yeah. is history, you know? So I use that in yeah. every single video. I think what you're explaining there is like learning how to edit more. You know what I mean? Like, like, like when you started where your edits were compared to like where you are now, those are all things like, cause I did the same thing. Like I came to a point where I was like, I used to never put music in. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm going to yeah. you know, like, and then I was like, wow, this is so much more like it tells so much a better story with music. And then I did the same thing with voiceovers for a long time. I never did voiceovers. And then, once I started using that, I was like, wow, there's like so much more that I can put into this now, you know? Yeah. How long ago was your Jamaica video? You went, you went to Jamaica, right? Yeah. It was like a year or two ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that and I was like, man, this is good. Uh, good soundtrack. Yeah. There you go. Jamaican jungle writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That video did not do well, man. I really wanted it to do better than it did. Well, but... I, I think it's weird. Like when uh say like uh bkxc and you know joe calirado kid when they release a video of riding in another country i don't think people are are that interested because they can't picture themselves doing it like i'm i'm probably never going to go to spain or peru to ride you know Mm -hmm. um like but i could see myself going and riding dirt merchant and a-line yeah at least those are like a little bit closer like okay like i'll probably do that one day but like yeah I don't know, riding in Israel, like, nah, probably not going to ride in Israel, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think it depends. You know, some people just like to watch it to see, like, the experience of the ride, you know? Because I do a lot of local kind of trail guides, let's just call it. So I have a lot of, like, geographically focused um, subscribers. So a lot of people are, like, right here in my area. Yeah. So, like, I explain a trail and, like, you know, what my experience was on it and everything. And I think the way that I tell the story, it's still fun for people even that don't live here just because they get to see, like, whatever the struggle was or whatever. And I think that's where those type of, like, like BKXE, that's, like, his bread and butter, you know. It's just, like, having that story of that ride. And and um, I think he does a good job with, like, history and make putting out their, like, tidbits and stuff. Everybody has their own style, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's definitely interesting, like how different um, our content is, like between each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mountain biking. It's like uh, when I was first starting, they say to niche down, meaning like pick a very, very specific part of like mountain biking is just so broad, you know, or cycling is so broad. Yeah. But my thing was like, okay, I'm gonna pick a a corner here and just stick to that, you know, bike building. Yeah. So. Oh, look, Joe's in the stream. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, he says two glorious beards in one live stream. It's amazing. Man, I'm right? getting a lot of gray in my beard these last two years, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine, the longer mine gets, the more you can see it. So it's like, <laughs> got to trim it, trim the gray out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was going to ask you, have you done one of those, those like Chinese frame builds kind of videos? No, man, I just, I've, what do you think? I've wanted to for like forever and I've, I've 
you know, like I used to do when I was a kid, I've, I've made the spreadsheet and got selected all the parts and the costs and the weight uh -huh. and everything, but I just can't pull the trigger. And the biggest reason why is because like every build that I do, a lot of times I, well, not so much anymore, maybe like 50% of the time I have to buy the bike mm -hmm. and I know what, how much I can sell the bike for. So I know yeah. that I can take on a little bit of financial risk because I know yeah. I'll get a certain amount of money back. And with a Chinese carbon bike, like I don't even think I would feel comfortable selling it because, right. you know, they say they're good and people love them and everything, but you don't see them on the used market and I don't think yeah. it would sell. So yeah. I would have a hard time spending a thousand dollars on a super sick Chinese build just because I know, I, I mean, I sell all my bikes. I don't yeah. keep anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i have a coworker that bought one and he's been riding it for a while and no problems i ran into some guy the other day that built this like this e-bike it's like a chinese e-bike yeah man they, like they a, have a, a I mean, they have a sick community e-bike uh mountain bike forum something like that where they have a bunch of people talking about the dang foo and the yeah all this stuff and and a lot of the the dang few foo like eo3 they freaking make all the motors for all the brands anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually prototyped a, um, an e-bike motor that's from a legit brand. I had to sign an NDA. Um, so they're making their own frame and their own motor and dude, this thing had like 105 Newton meters. It's, this thing freaking has a power dude. Oh, I really? loved it, man. I loved it. Right on. Yeah. I thought about, I thought about buying one of those frames, um, actually just for my trainer i thought about doing a video on that and buying one of those like cheap like road bike or gravel frames and then just having it purely just for my trainer then that way if i want to ride my gravel bike i don't have to take it off the trainer and yeah i thought it would be kind of a fun video to like i i figured there there could be there could be a story there you know yeah um it's it's funny you mentioned that because i do have a chinese carbon road bike frame that i bought used um, because I have a, a, a Trek. <laughs> like, there's no used market for it, but I bought one used <laughs> road biking is different, uh, but it was like, it was like new in box basically. Um, but I have a Trek Madone from 2007 and it's like a 56 centimeter. It does not fit me at all. It causes so much pains and aches uh -huh. when I ride it. So I was just going to frame swap. Um, but now I, I kind of don't even want to, cause like, like with your friend, you know, the dialed health guy, that's so unfortunate, like fucking road biking is the most dangerous form of cycling, like by yeah. far, you know, yeah. and people just are on their phone. They, they're not even paying attention, you know, and then online, if you, if you read Instagram comments, like if, if a bike biker gets hit on the reels, people are laughing about it. So like, yeah. there's this whole like propaganda against cyclists sharing the road and people have a lot of hate towards cyclists. So it's like, fuck road biking, man. Like, I yeah. hate that shit. I don't even like riding on the road. Like with the gravel bike, I did like a 0.1 road segment kind of on, on like a highway. The route made me basically. There's yeah. no way around it. And I, I basically just sprinted the whole thing. And, and I was like looking back constantly. And uh, if I saw a car coming, I would just hop in the grass, you know, screw it. If I get a puncture, it's like, at least I don't have to count on this person paying attention, you know, and the shoulder yeah, was just with cell phones and stuff. Nowadays, there's so many things distracting drivers even more than they were 10 years ago. It's, um, yeah. I, the, the conversation I was having with my wife yesterday about it was like the margin of like time that it takes you to like swerve a little bit and accidentally hit somebody on a bike is like so small. 
You, you know, like it's not like like I, I hate to say it, you know, all of us at one point or another have been like looking at something on our phone while we're driving and then all of a sudden looked up and been like, oh shit, I'm not in my lane anymore. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Or like I'm starting to go, you know, and it's like that's what happens, you know, in some circumstances and other circumstances it's it's you know you know maybe somebody's been drinking or something else completely different but a lot of that is like it's so it, it's such a small like margin of error that has to, that can happen now to like seriously like like ruin somebody's life like you can kill them most of the time you see it on the news it's like this cyclist got hit they're dead you know yep uh, i don't know messed up my voice there for a second <laughs> sorry about that yeah no worries. yeah yeah i don't know man it's like i don't know i do so i bought that frame and i don't even think i'll put it like do the frame swap i think i might do do what you're talking about just like make a make a build like no brakes and it's like with the the zwift um cog thing it's like i don't need a derailleur <laughs> you know so yeah no brakes i'll just get the hoods and you know bars grip tape fork and uh front wheel you know and then it's like yeah. that's a pretty sick build you know yeah and when i was looking at the i almost pulled the trigger last year because it was like when i was doing zwift all the time but the weather started getting better and then it's just i'm so lazy i'm so lazy that i would rather spend like 500 on a on a chinese carbon frame than just take my bike off the trainer <laughs> but but it's the truth and um that's whenever i, was, I almost did it because i was like man the weather was getting nicer so it would be like one day i would want to be on my gravel bike on the road and then the next day i would want to be on the trainer and it's like this is such a pain in the ass I no know. i don't think that's lazy at all i think um you got to remove bear if you want to train you got to remove barriers um, yeah because if it's it's so training is so mental that uh you could you know have a long day at work and it's like you want to train but it's like just looking at your trainer and having to put your bike on there it's like oh uh, it's like screw it no nope not doing it yep yeah. like it's funny you say that because honestly this year i wanted to start doing zwift probably in like the beginning of december and it took me to january until i finally was like went out in my garage and set it up and really what it came down to is like i had a new bike so i knew that i had to get a different cassette and my new bike had a through axle where my old bike had a a quick release so i had to like change how the 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 trainer was set up and and realistically it took me like 10 minutes to do it but those barriers were enough where i was like ah, i'll do it tomorrow and it, like it's not a big deal and i put it yeah. off for a month like that that <laughs> 10 minutes of work i put off for a month you know well think about the people that like have to uh, take down their whole setup every time like um you said your tv you just kind of push it back and it's yeah. like i got a tv up on mine and i just have it like stationary here like it doesn't move you know yeah like there's people that like put up and put down every single time it's like yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a recipe for failure in my opinion yeah i i think you really nailed it well when you said you have to take away the barriers i mean because it's honestly like it's so the truth because it's first of all like it's not like you're per like how, how do i say this like i don't look forward to riding the trainer at all like it's like not fun it's it's a pain cave it's like 
the only reason I'm doing it is because I want to have more fun on the trail and yeah. I don't want to lose my fitness while the weather's shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's so easy for me not to want to do it. And um, yeah, removing those barriers, it definitely helps. Yeah. So this is the fourth time I've tried Zwift uh, dating back to 2018 and every single time before I hated it. But this time I, I actually enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. The know. only yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I, really <laughs> yeah, I have a buddy that I ride with all the time. And even in the summertime, he'll be like, oh, it's just more efficient. I'll just jump on the trainer and get to a trainer ride. And I'm like, dude, if the sun's out, there is no way I'm getting on that trainer. Like zero chance. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah, will I'm do it. Crappy... Like, like, I think I might continue this in the summertime. I might. I told myself that last winter. And as soon as it got nice out, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me, it's more of like a time thing with like the kids and everything. It's like, oh, yeah. I can get like a good, I could get a really good workout or I could get like a zone one ride, you know, recovery yeah. ride, uh, watching YouTube the whole time. So I um, think that's the, the thing that is really nice is like being able to just like walk out and do it for an hour and be like done. Like in one hour and one minute, you're completed and walking away, you know? Uh, uh, so we, we're kind of, winding down on time right but i want to bring yeah, up the yeah. topic i don't want to miss out on this so one thing with our last conversation uh the last podcast it really stuck out at me is you were telling me like uh i was kind of saying like i don't really like enduro riding you know and, okay. and you're like like you oh no you will you will you will like enduro riding or something <laughs> like that maybe not like like you weren't being mean or anything it sounds like, like me though i'm like i'm buying it you're like oh you'll progress and you'll want to ride enduro and uh, you were right. I mean, I I did start riding a little bit of enduro. I ended up getting an enduro bike, and enduro bikes are freaking awesome. Like yeah, seventy mil travel, freaking awesome. But um, there is like an enduro park here. It's called Leatherwood. It's a shuttle park. Uh -huh. It has three hundred fifty feet of elevation, but it's chunky, dude. It's it's real uh -huh. chunky. But I I kind of found out that I don't like enduro riding. <laughs> so, <laughs> but one thing that I don't like, like I, I like chunk. But uh -huh. I, I don't like when it's so steep. Like I, I went to Sedona. I fucking hated Sedona. Highline was scary as hell. I, I would try it again, um, but I did not enjoy like how steep that shit was, you know. I think with that stuff, the more that you do it, the less that it's intimidating and then the, the fun factor changes. Yeah. Um, well, the the chunk Especially here, like like I look forward to riding chunk, even on the hardtail. I freaking love it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, when it starts getting to like so steep where, you know, if you touch your brakes, you could either go front or back, you know, OTB. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't, don't like that that much. Yeah. I think it just like, uh, somebody's saying in the comments right now too, that steep takes getting used to. And I, I, I really agree. I know that, um, the first time I rode in Santa Cruz, the trails there to me were so steep. And I just remember being like, you're crazy. I'm, I'm walking down everything yeah. like, and, and now there's stuff that I ride on the regular where I'm like, that I used to think was super steep. And I think I look at it now and I'm like, oh, this is pretty flat. Like, yeah, I would, I would like, like there's rock rolls that I did three or four years ago that I would have stood on top of that rock for like 15 minutes, trying to talk myself into like going down it. Yeah. And those like same, like, type of rolls now i could be following one of my buddies and we're just cooking down the trail i'll roll right down and not even trip you know what i mean like like 
just like, oh yeah, that's normal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think it's just getting used to that stuff, honestly. Yeah, for me coming out to Benville, like Benville is, is you know, pretty much perfect for me because there's nothing steep like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but Benville really uh has a lot of areas where you can do like progression like a 12 foot drop or and yeah. things like that and and you really it can kick you up to like 30 miles an hour sometimes and your perspective on speed uh, changes and it really mm -hmm. makes people better riders like even just visitors yeah. you know like if you're coming like all of a sudden you're jumping a 30 foot jump you're like whoa there wasn't anything yeah. like that in phoenix you know yeah we don't um, have good pro progression in a lot of places i wish that we had stuff like you guys have where i live yeah, well, when I moved here, um, like I, I just kind of took it slow. You know, the the drop, the hammer, the twelve foot drop. It took me four months to hit it. I wasn't sitting there like at the edge of it like every single session, but I was like, ah, oh, no, no. And then just one day, I was like, I gotta go hit it. And then it was in the winter. Sun was going down. I, I left my house at four forty five p.m. Sun sets at five fifteen. And I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm going. I'm making a beeline straight to it. I didn't even look at it. Just sent it right off and. And the rest is history. Now I do it on a hardtail and flats, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of like, I went to the enduro, the, the enduro stage and I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I will race enduro. So I was like trying to get PRs on the enduro trails, but I would just like make little mistakes here or, uh, you know, miss my brake lever or accidentally pull my brake lever and I have a crash or things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't need that in my life. You know, like I, I like going trail speed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, do what makes you happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what it is, like if you like riding gravel bikes, if you like riding gravel bikes on mountain bike trails, if you like riding hardtails on enduro trails, like, like whatever it is, like if you, if, if it makes you happy to go outside and do that, then do that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like Benville is a really good place for me. Like right when I moved here, I put out a couple of videos and like, wait, how did he get become like a pro rider in like a week? <laughs> it's like, like, dude, I'm riding like, like Benville has a lot of flow trails. It's basically like a downhill BMX track. It's like, I've yeah, always yeah. had those skills, you know? Yeah. So, man, I had a fun video series. There's a, there's a jump line here called cease and desist. And uh -huh. it's a downhill flow trail and it's, it's pretty big. Um, there's a KOM segment on there on Strava with freaking 5,800 people that have tried it. Oh, and, wow. uh, I made it my goal. I even made up a KOM bike and I ended up snagging the KOM. You got it. Oh yeah. Just, Oh, nice. I remember pushing. seeing like some of the, uh, the lead up to it, but I didn't, I didn't, uh, catch the one where you actually got the KOM. Yeah, man. Just like riding like crazy. I think I could have, could have went faster, but the trail was starting to get kind of loose and everything. And, uh, -huh. uh it was turning into springtime so it's like uh winter time here the trails get so packed in and blue grooved i love yeah. it but then like spring and summer it gets kind of washy so Dude, that's sick man the yeah. only the only kom i've ever had was on a trail that i built before anybody else rode it <laughs> <laughs> nice man so that was that was it it was short-lived <laughs> it was like the next day it was like poof it's gone <laughs> yeah now i want to try to get kom's on climbing trails i i think that's like super yeah. freaking cool man like not you know, I, I was like out of shape when I did the KOM on the downhill one, you know? Yeah. But freaking on a climbing trail, like, dude, that's years of preparation to get one of those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's work, man. 
Well, hey, oh, dude, yeah. here we are. Two hours, man. There's still like a billion things I want to talk to you about. So we'll have to we'll have to get together again. Mate, hopefully it's not two years until the next show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me know if you're coming to Bentonville, man. I'll show you around. That, that's another thing I love doing. I love showing visitors around Bentonville. Like I might even make a trail guide book. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be super fun, man. It'd be really, really, really good to get together. So I really appreciate you taking the time though today and and hanging out with me and and all all the other people in the biker bar. It's uh, it was it's always good chatting with you, man. Honestly, time goes by quick, so that's fun. <clears throat> yeah, let me know if you have like a if someone drops out, you need a fill in. I would love to do it like sooner than later. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. So, anyways, um. Let's do that for sure. I'll, I'll definitely keep you in mind. That's good to have the, those people because honestly, sometimes it, like last minute things come up and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, now I'm stressing. How am I going to make this work? But uh, so that that's a, uh, that's good to know. Anyways, those of you guys that are still listening and still hanging out, if you're new here, maybe, maybe Evan brought you over hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up, that kind of stuff makes me feel good. It may not mean anything to the, the algorithm or whatever, but it makes me feel good. So just push the button. <laughs> if you're thinking about buying a new bike right now, check out Fazari. They got some good deals over there. I really enjoy the LaSalle that I'm on and I'm, I'm pretty stoked about the couple of bikes that I'm going to be riding next year. So definitely uh, keep an eye on the biker channel and you'll see what, what I'm working up over there. It's going to be fun in outside of that. Um, you know, there is something you can do for free. All you got to do is remember it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.